yeah. Back uh, doing a little podcast. Uh, George Harrison, of course. Uh, what is life? And I gotta say, I uh, I love this song. I first heard it. Um, well, I think I've heard it before, but uh, there was there was a. Uh, the Cubs, Cubs Radio, Chicago Cubs. Uh, of course, I have family. I've always had family in Chicago and go up there at various points in my childhood. And uh, I think I was just learning to drive. I was like maybe a permit driver uh, in Missouri. I was like 15, right? And I was driving on the north side of Chicago. My great-grandmother lived up there. Um, and um, I was listening to the Cubs game because, uh, you know, and I was driving on the north side of Chicago. I don't even think the Cardinals were in town. It was like the Nationals or something. It was like probably the first year, maybe second year of the Washington Nationals. Sold out crowd at Wrigley. So we drove by uh, Waveland. And uh, this is when you could drive on Waveland. Now you can't even drive on it. They have everything closed off. The great Ricketts family uh, doing their glorious, uh, massive turnaround for uh, Wrigleyville. But... Um, Driving on uh, Waveland and uh, Cubs Radio, song comes on. I'm like, damn, that's a great intro, you know? Like, and now the Cardinals do the same thing. They've got the intro music, uh, you know, getting into the um, back, back to the game. And that's like some of my favorite music because, um, first of all, you have to remember, you have to unite listeners. Now, people can listen to games anywhere from, like, I was 15 at the time, you know, and, and you've got, like, little kids listening to games, like 10-year-olds, you know, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, guys learning, kids learning baseball. And then you have, of course, like the 85-year-olds that are listening to the game on a nice summer day in their front yard on somewhere probably in Skokie, in this case, uh, for the Cubs. So anyway, the point is, like, you've got to be able to have, like, really good songs that can unite an audience of just about every age. And then I think I heard, like, um, uh, when I moved to Chicago, like, for a couple of years before I moved to LA, I guess not even a couple of years. It was like maybe a six month, six month trial period um, after I graduated Mizzou the first time. And uh, I remember they had like Passion Pit going in uh, the inning intro, and it was like the uh, what song was it? It was like MGMT, but then they had Passion Pit as well. And I'm like, damn, they got some good. Who's the sound engineer? Sure enough, sound engineer over the years at uh, 670 The Score, and even when they were on ESPN Radio, it was this gentleman that now he works for Dave, the Dave Matthews Band. He's on tour with, or was on tour with the Dave Matthews Band uh, this past summer, so it's kind of cool. Uh, he worked his way up, certainly, you'd say, uh, from the Cubs to Dave, and uh, that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, really creative ways to... Uh, to offer your services, whether you're an audio engineer, sound engineer, whatever, and um, the uh, different organizations you work for, uh, good people will always uh, look out for you and point you in the right direction. Um, there was another guy. It was, what, um, I think he was a New Yorker, but he was he was in Chicago, kind of like me, for a time, and um, now he's now he's in New York, and I forget if he's on Yes Network now. Um, but uh, he was like a well-known guy at uh, 670 The Score. Of course, I don't know if I talked about it because I haven't done a podcast in a little bit. Um, but uh, there was a gentleman who was on the overnight show, Less, uh, Less, uh, who, who passed away? Chicago Radio, Less um, Grobstein, right? Less Grobstein. I think I might have talked about it, actually. But he passed away, and I was on his show a few times uh, that, right around that time. It was like when the Mets were in the World Series against the Royals, Royals fans now, 2015. Um, and, uh, or was it 2016, technically? No, it was 2015. And I just remember um, I was, like, talking about, you know, going to uh, some of these stadiums, and we talked about all the stadiums we'd been to, and Les Grubstein, great guy. And um, he passed away tragically. I mean, he was not that old. He must have been in his 60s, maybe 70s. But uh, he was the guy in Chicago that, um, I guess, 84. No, 83. Because 84, the Cubs got it together. Uh, the Cubs got it together in 84, won the National League East. Because back then, there was no Central. There was either East or West. And the Cubs played in the East, as did the Cardinals, actually. Anyway, so that was a tough division, though, because, I mean, the Mets were good back then. 
and you still had, you know, the pirates were always, I think, halfway. I mean, this was well before I was born, but from what I heard, you know, uh, from different people, it's like the pirates always had a good team. The Phillies, not the best, but sometimes, um, this was, you know, before the Marlins, this was, um, well, the Braves, I guess, maybe started to be good around this time. I'm not sure. I don't think there was a Brewers at this time, or maybe there was, but they weren't. They were in the American League, actually. Yeah, they were in the American League. So really not, I mean, baseball's really expanded, you think about it. I mean, the Marlins now, um, you know, you got the Brewers in the National League, um, and obviously the Nationals. So, uh, yeah, the league's really, uh, really come into its own. And now there's a National League Central uh, to accommodate. But back then, the Cubs were really struggling. I believe 1983 was the year, and Mr. Grobstein... Um, interviewed the coach and was kind of caught on a hot mic. He loved his microphone on, and the uh, Cubs coach at the time, I guess, just like went off on the crowds at Wrigley Field, talking about how bad they were. Uh, they're just a bunch of drunks and basically everything that a White Sox fan would say today um, about them. And uh, it's just kind of funny. I mean, because it was fairly accurate, really. But I think a lot of people, like Cubs fans, are very offended. And, and uh, but he never offended his players. That's one thing the coach never did. He never talked bad about his players. He just he was talking about how the fans they don't show up and the ones that do are just drunks and all these damn day games. I forget what else he said. You could look it up on YouTube, the uh, hot mic interview interview from 1983. And I was thinking about it because 1983, the White Sox were really Chicago's team as they pretty much were the 70s and 80s. Uh, and if you're from the North Side or the North Shore, you're going to just not listen or disagree with me. But if you talk to real like Chicago baseball people, they'll tell you the White Sox kind of owned Chicago for the 70s and 80s. Like, there was really nobody in the crowd until, until 84. So the 1984 Cubs really got it together. And kind of, I would say, and, and I'm just kind of putting two and two together, but I would say the financial success and the way the city really grew in the mid-'80s, you know, Reaganomics, what have you. Um, don't cancel me. I'm not suggesting Reaganomics are great or the war on drugs is amazing. I'm just saying Chicago really grew and uh, money started flowing in, whatever. Then um, the Bulls in the 90s. And so the Cubs really were started to be, and then WGN picked them up. Anyway, but it all started in 84. So this coach caught on the hot mic. I think he was fired, actually, after that year. They had another guy come in in 84, and they nearly went to the World Series. But um, 83 was like the last kind of year. And that was Tony La Russa, by the way. That was like his first year, I believe, or second year managing. And uh, La Russa's 83 White Sox were really that. That was Chicago's team, and that was really a staple of Tony La Russa's resume. Uh, of course, until he went to Oakland and won the World Series, and, and then eventually St. Louis. But um I just think it's funny how that interview in 83 kind of defined Chicago baseball, especially on the north side at that time. And it was all caught by uh, Les Grobstein. So great, great guy. Um, you know, I hope he's listening from above, man. So anyway, a lot of people die in these days. Not uh, kind of a somber note. But, um, oh, it's Wayne. Is it Wayne something? Wayne Rizzuto? Wayne, uh, I was thinking of another guy that, oh, Wayne Randazzo. Yeah, he worked his way up. Um, another guy from uh, New York, but uh, or no, he's from Chicago originally, but uh, now he's the play-by-play announcer for the Mets, Fox Sports, Big Ten Network, and Sports USA. So Wayne Mandazzo actually uh, was um, at that particular time. I think he was one of the producers and also had like his own show, um, maybe before Les Grobstein came on, or he was like in the evenings or something. But I just think it's cool like to, to watch guys kind of work their way up. And uh, kind of use, you know, uh, different um, different platforms to uh, build a resume. And kind of that's what I'm looking to do with my public health degree programs. Semester started. I haven't done a podcast really since the semester started. I really got into my book work this week, writing papers and things. So been listening to a lot of sports radio though, like a freaking nerd. But I haven't done any podcasting. Um, except I kind of did like a, on Libsyn, I think I did something last Friday night, just kind of talking about some funny stories. Um, and anyway, uh, lots happened since then. You look at Joe Rogan, kind of, uh, not a doctor whatsoever, not even in public health, 
kind of getting uh, his show taken off of Spotify and things like that. And that's just like, to me, like that's crazy. Like, it's such asinine. Like I don't. I, in many ways, like I'm not talking about um, that he's taken off Spotify. I don't know that that's the right thing to do. But I don't think also for like his sake that you should really be talking about things you don't know much about. And if you'll notice, like when I talk about public health, and I am an MPH pursuing student right now, so it's like I can talk about things that I know, but I will never dive into like lab stuff because I'm not even in a lab. Like I don't work in a lab. I will never talk about different uh, lab things or things that are just above my pay grade for the time being. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like Joe was doing, and that's that's not what you want to do uh, when you have an entertainment product like he does. And he's got a great podcast. I mean, I, I've never I'm not a huge Joe Rogan fan. I've never really listened to him, but a lot of people love him. So, um, and, and he's a funny guy. I think he's a good. He's like well received in the comedy sort of universe. So that's all I really know about that. But again, like I just think you have to kind of talk about what you know, where you're certified, uh, qualified to talk about, and that's why I, I like Dr. Drew a lot. And Dr. Drew recently has maybe, maybe been a little too political for some folks. I don't know. I don't know that he has. I still listen to Dr. Drew a lot, you know, and Adam Kroll is obviously like very, uh, it's kind of common sense guy, but he's more aligned with the right, I would say these days. So people aren't too happy about that. Some people, but maybe, I mean, you look at the way this country's and the ratings don't really lie. So I don't know that it, it, it might've been a strategic move on, on his end though, or maybe he's just a common sense guy and that's where he finds himself. I don't know. And I don't really like to get political, to be honest with you, because I'm a bit of a common sense guy, too. But it's just, um, you know, I don't like to align myself either way. I prefer to be on the island, um, uh, Long Island, that is, and just do my own thing. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, don't uh, don't cancel me, please. All right. Uh, big day for what was I talking about? What is life? George Harrison. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I mean, the intro songs for different radio broadcasts are just always, like, fascinating to me. The Cardinals have picked it up in recent years, and really happy about that. Although I'm very sad with Mike Shannon leaving. I'm wondering who's going to fill that spot. And I guess I'll get to this, or should I just lead off with it? You know what? Let's lead off with baseball, yeah. I am pissed that there is no agreement between the Players Association and the owners. And Dexter Fowler posted something I thought was really funny because MLB, uh, MLB on Fox or some some Twitter account, just asked uh, who they think who who the fans you know who they would like to see on the cover of the new uh, MLB the show. And it's a video game, I guess. I was jokingly saying could um, because, <laughs> because the way they asked it, they were like. Like who should be the cover? Who should be uh, the cover of MLB the Show? And it just said the show, and I was like, well, you know, I really like Big Poppy's commentary, and recently Frank Thomas has done quite a good job. And um, but you know, because of the show, it just it sounds like a talk show. <laughs> so, but but no, I know it's a video game. I've just I'm not big on video games. People know that. I've never played Call of Duty in my life, and I think people were actually really confusing me with my brother. Uh, maybe some people still. Are but specifically uh, when I was living at, at this uh, dorm for a couple of weeks, um, a lot of gamers over there, and I'm just like, dude, I got wrong guy here. Like, I don't, I don't play any video games. But thanks for thanks for the invite. Um, no, but I just I don't do that. So anyway, um, who I think should actually be on the cover? Um, you can never go wrong with Mike Trout, in my opinion. But I think they always look for up and coming talent. So maybe uh, uh, Frank Schwindel. No, I, I don't know. Um, is that even his name? I don't. I, I like the Cubs. Uh, for first, uh, no, he's a second baseman. Frank, Frank Schwindel. I don't know. I like this guy. I think he's gonna be good, but I don't think he's gonna be on the cover. No, I don't know who would be on the cover. To be honest with you, like who who impressed me last year? The rookies. Uh, who won Rookie of the Year? By the way, that's a great question. Um, by the way, Big Poppy did, uh, speaking of Big Poppy, for commentary purposes, because we love his commentary, especially uh, postseason when he's on there with Frank Thomas and Alex Rodriguez. Um, and, of course, Mizzou's own Matt Weiner sometimes, and then Kevin Burkhardt, Kevin Burkhardt at other times. Um, I do like those guys' commentary a lot, but um, Big Poppy announced to the Hall of Fame, so that's you know, big news, uh, Boston, many, many Red Sox fans all around the country. Congratulations to them and Big Poppy especially is well-deserved. Um, I don't know that he ever took 
the uh, performance enhancing drugs that uh, were banned or whatever, and and so he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's great. I don't know that um, a guy like Barry Bonds, I don't know that he shouldn't get in. Um, I, I'd like to stay away from this controversy. You know, the the age of the asterisk, uh, asterisk, asterisk. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I remember like my uncle and my uh, dad talking about this years ago. And they were just, they were really caught up in the, you know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, um, and kind of like, who's worse? They were kind of contemplating, and it's like, obviously my dad's going to say, like, Sosa, you know? (laughs) But, like, a lot of people would would say McGuire, and most people would just just go, "Ah, you know, Barry Bonds. And, And I think he's kind of a scapegoat, really, but... I don't know, man. Look, I, I don't know that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I think that there's many qualities of Barry Bonds. Numbers don't lie. Um, but, you know, I don't – people made this argument when I was a kid. I remember it. And it's true. I, I have his rookie card, and he's very skinny. I mean, extremely skinny. So he definitely put a lot of muscle on, and he definitely got better over the years as he put muscle on. But I, I just don't know – because genetics kind of dictate something like this. Um, like, I always had broad shoulders. I always had broad shoulders. And I remember um, maybe I was, like, 15 or 16. And I don't know, somebody's great uncle or somebody. I was, like, at a... Actually, I know exactly where I was. I was <laughs> I was at a, uh, like, on Father's Day weekend, they have this thing at... Uh, actually, where the Islanders play now, at the uh, Belmont over there, uh, like, in that area, like, near Queens. And uh, I guess the Islanders have a really nice new arena. A lot of people are talking about UBS Arena being, like, the best in the league. Maybe it is. I don't know. I just know that there's a horse track there. And, obviously, they have the Belmont Stakes there. It's one of the, you know, premier horse races in the country. Um, you got you to gotta win Belmont to win the Triple Crown. I think it's actually the last stop. If somebody's going if, – if there's a horse going for the Triple Crown, you know, they got to do – Kentucky Derby and Preakness, right? And then um, Belmont. So anyway, it's the weekend after the actual Belmont, but there's like a Father's Day weekend thing where they just open the park and uh, you can bring your dad and, and family and get together and have a picnic and then they have, they have races you can, you know, bet on and things like that. So anyway, I remember like showing up as a 15-year-old and it's like, you know, whatever. Some, somebody's great uncle, like you know, somebody I was dating at the time, or what have you. Friends, friends, uh, somebody's uncle, and uh, he's like, he's like, man, you got some muscle, kid. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess I do. And he's like, is that natural? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. He's like, you must work out. And I was like, yeah, you know, I played football in high school, so I started working out at a young age. And and I think that's true though. And I even told him, admittedly, like I, I told him at the time, I was like, Yeah, but my dad's like built like this too. So I think there is an element of genetics. Now I don't know what Barry Bond's father looks like, so I would have no way of knowing like how much PED use he actually did, but I think sometimes like anything injected I know is like a, a true steroid in the sense that like it's injected you know, you put it in your ass, like, it's whatever, like, that, th- those are true steroids to me, like, there, there's a lot of supplements other people take that are supposed to be like steroids or HGH and this and that, but to me, it's like, if if it's, like, injected, which that's apparently what Canseco and Rodriguez and Bond, you know, I don't know, I wasn't in the clubhouse, but, I mean, these guys were, like, doing, like, hardcore steroids, right, so, to me, like, that's, damn, like, that's, that's tough, um, but again, I, 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 do, I, I do sympathize a bit with Mark McGuire. I think that there's something to be said for like, yes, hand-eye coordination, focus, swing, uh, studying pitchers, you know, different pitches, being a smart hitter. I think that, uh, you know, it, it definitely all goes into effect. But I, you know, with that said, I think the writers know that, or, or most of them do. Like, I, I think baseball writers are some of the best writers that there are out there. I mean, there's a lot of great writers in Hollywood. Um, but, you know, I, I think baseball writers know that. And, and so maybe that went into their voting and, and maybe Bonds is not getting voted in for a reason. You know, I don't know. 
But um, I just, you know, I guess he's done. Like, there's no way to vote him or Roger Clemens to rock it. I think some of these guys, like, that was their last last opportunity. So, no Hall of Fame. But, I mean, great career. They're set for life. They got all, you know, all the income they need. Um, it's just, yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's weird, by the way. Like, multiple sports, you get multiple uh, people in the Hall of Fame every year. You know, you talk about, like, football or or like the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame here, like, you know, or college football, Gary Pinkle, obviously here in Mizzou getting inducted this year. Shout out to Gary Pinkle doing great things. Um, and um, there's just like certain ambassadors, certain people that you just want around that you want to put in the Hall of Fame. And may, maybe it's a little bit of that, right? Like, I don't see these guys being great ambassadors of the game. Big Poppy, great ambassador of the game. So there you have it. I think that's really the bottom line. Um, and, um, by the way, Jonathan India from the, the Reds won the rookie of the year. So maybe he should be on the cover of MLB 22. Yeah, probably. But I think they need to play ball. Um, before I take a quick break and hydrate, I think there's something to be said, by the way, for how diminishing it's going to be. Think of these spring training Sites, these cities at Port Port St. Lucie in Florida, uh, Jupiter, Florida, you know, uh, whatever, wherever the Yankees play outside Tampa, you know, I mean, whatever, Delray Beach, I think somebody plays there, um, you know, and you you just go up the coast. Um, That's the Grapefruit League, I believe, right? And there's the Cactus League out in Arizona. That's where the uh, two Chicago teams play. That's where the Dodgers play. Um, And most teams from the West Coast. All the Arizona, right? So, you know, there's many different cities that are going to be really impacted if these guys can come to an agreement. And that's kind of what I'm focused on. A lot of people are talking about it from a standpoint. Obviously, Dexter Fowler is looking at it from as a player. And he jokingly said, like, the owners. The owners should be on the cover of MLB The Show 22. <laughs> and I don't know. He's, he's a funny guy. I like Dexter Fowler. But, um in reality, I, I just think there must be a way to come to an agreement because baseball's really paused right now. I mean, you think about the free agents out there. You know, I'm a little biased because I, you know, I was, a, I was a huge Anthony Rizzo fan. I've never been a Cubs fan per se, but I like certain players on the Cubs. I love going to Wrigleyville. People know that. Um, but it's just like, dude, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo don't have a home. Let me say that again. Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo don't have a team right now that's crazy to me and these are two all-star hall of fame guys really um and so i mean when when there's all this going on with the owners and the players association it's like baseball is literally paused we haven't had anything uh you know I'm, i've been looking at john Heyman's twitter like every day this week and there's been no big news Really, I mean, they're saying there's like negotiations are going well or something like that, or you know, they just came out of a meeting and things are looking up. Whatever, it's just there's nothing really been done, and I think that time is of the essence, especially as we approach February first. I mean, remember, pitchers and catchers report like the third week, the third week of February. You know, February is a short month already. I think it is this year too. You know, it's not a leap year. I don't believe. So somebody, something's got to get done, and uh, you know, like I said, these, these local—not, uh, I mean, I'm not local right now. I'm not in Florida, but I'd like to be. I think, and, and these local economies are going to really not be too pleased if uh, fans aren't coming in. I mean, they were already just think about this—they were already very devastated by COVID because you can't have uh, even last year, right? Like we started opening day at like in many states, many cities, many stadiums. 25% capacity, 30% capacity. There was only a handful that had like 50 or above. So when I look at that, I mean, I know spring training tickets were very high last year. I talked about it when I first started podcasting again. And this year, I mean, I don't know with the Omicron vagrant, uh, oh, vagrant. with the Omicron uh, variant, I'm not sure what that looks like if we're going to have full capacity. Now, I would imagine a state like Arizona or a state like Florida, full capacity is probably likely or like 75% maybe. Um, but, you know, I, I just think, 
you know, masking is a good idea if that's the case. But but first, you gotta you gotta sign the agreement. You know, there's there's gonna have to be some negotiations with the players' association. You know, the other PA. There's many PAs, position assistant. Uh, but but the players' association, uh, in this case, the MLB union, they're gonna have to work something out. I mean, it's not on the owners if we're negotiating crazy things. They already make a lot of money. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, dude. I get it. Like, Steve Cohen's rich, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, the Ricketts, they have all the money in the world, right? Like, you know. But at the end of the day, like, the baseball players make a lot of money. Yes, there should be definitely some uh, things in place to pr- protect, like, an injured player if, if he can't play anymore, you know, and there goes his life. Like, you got to look out for guys, and, and there needs to be, like, better kind of money there. Uh, for guys like that, like contingency planning sort of situations, I would say. And I don't know the details. Like, I can't really get into the details. But from an economic standpoint, salaries are through the roof, man. Like, look, <laughs> these guys are getting paid a lot of money. And um, I just think, like, if I got paid that much money, like, I'd have a gym. You know, I, I'd, I'd follow the Doug Gottlieb model, you know? He wasn't really a pro. He played, obviously, he was really good at Oklahoma State, and now he's on Fox Sports Radio. He's got a great show, I guess. They're doing really well. Uh, he doesn't really like when people post about Wordle on Twitter, but that's about it from Doug lately. That's all I know. But he's got a great gym in Newport Beach, and he's an ambassador of basketball, and he, you know, he helps coach the youth and does camps and things like that. So to me, like, that's the kind of guy I would be, even if I was you know, a AAA player for five years and played in the MLB for three games. And I think that's kind of where they're at. They, they want to protect guys. They go through the, the system a little bit. Maybe they're not the best pro. Maybe they don't have the biggest salary, you know, the biggest contract. So that's I think that's where they're at. But, but yeah, I mean, you should look out for those guys. But also, the guys that are making money kind of really not doing their part, in my opinion. I think they need to be better ambassadors, some of them. I mean, look at, like I said, just look at what I just talked about, the Hall of Fame guys, the ones not getting in, specifically the ones not getting in. And A-Rod's not so bad, right? Like, he's on, he's, you know, doing commentary, he's doing camps. A-Rod's actually a really good ambassador of the game. But some of these other guys, you know, the Bonds, the Clemens, you know, I don't see them. I don't I don't hear about them doing much. I just don't. Um, you know, so that's where I'm at. Uh, shout out to Pete Alonso doing a big uh, charity event the other night at the Comedy Club. Uh, the Stefano was there. Who else was there? I mean, they had a lot of, obviously, Cardin Roberts. But they had a lot of... Uh, I guess comedians were on set just to raise money uh, for Pete's charity, which is awesome. So really cool to see that. And, and that's really where I believe, um, you know, that, that that's that's the goal. That's where players should be, the ones making money, the ones, uh, the, the cover guys on the MLB, the show. I think Alonso was the cover guy like two years ago, maybe last year. He, was, he had a great rookie year, look, so I, that's kind of... Anyway, enough about that. Um, but yeah, these spring training economies, they were devastated last year because they were at half capacity, 25%, whatever. And maybe they have a chance to get back to 100%, you know, with a mask or something. And um, if they're not going to be able to do that, like, that's that's a real problem. So, you know, these cities really thrive on, on these uh, spring training games. And... Uh, got to come to something got to come to something we, we got to have baseball too uh it's just like uh, the american way i think right anyway take a quick break talk about the chiefs coming back to the afc championship and uh last weekend kind of like everything i said or, or at least implied kind of uh kind of transpired kind of cool um so we'll see what happens take a quick break Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Uh, okay. I just love this song. Shout out to Louis the Child, Nutrier's Finest. Doing big things out in LA, featuring Elohim. It's uh, Hebrew, for those who didn't know. She's great, too. Uh, this is actually one of Anthony Rizzo's walk up songs. I don't know why. I just keep talking about uh, things related to the Cubs. I feel like that's like. Uh, when I look at the past few years, um, and and obviously I was in LA most of the time, but then like during the summer, I always 
kind of find myself in Chicago at least for a couple weeks or like last summer the, the entire summer but like I don't know man like I, I love going to Wrigleyville I talk about it a lot but I love going to White Sox games too when I'm up there uh, and truth be told like you know I grew up in going to Cardinal games my, my, my dad worked for the Cardinals but it was like I the value of a uh, of just uh, the Cubs experience I will say like as a tw- you know in your 20s second to none and I feel like everybody would agree with that. Like, Cardinal fans, too. I mean, Ballpark Village is awesome, no doubt about it. I mean, I haven't really experienced it, like I said, in the past few years. But I think it's still Ballpark Village. It should be pretty damn good. But I'm talking about, you know, for what you're getting, especially Cardinals and Cubs weekend in Wrigleyville. And I know it's changed with the way the Ricketts have gone about some of the reconstruction and things like that. And, and just Wrigleyville bars in general, maybe some of them uh doing different things but i don't know man i uh I, the in-game experience and then the outside the ballpark experience uh, i love wrigleyville it's great it's a good time so anyway that was uh it was one of rizzo's walk-ups on one of many i mean i remember when he did like uh, t swift and uh who i guess uh, we shouldn't like t swift right that's like a big thing nowadays uh some some women are telling me but then i talk to others and they're like what are you talking about i love t swift i'm like yeah yeah that's what i'm saying uh, but I don't, I don't like, I don't think it stands for anything. Like, I, I just think she's like a decent artist, a good artist, actually a really good artist. And, um, you know, I like T Swift. I don't, I don't see a problem. I don't think it's racist, right? Like, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. I just, I think she's a good artist though. And, and she did a song with Kendrick Lamar a few years back. If you'll recall, uh, like a long time back, really, I was probably, uh, you know, uh, undergrad, uh, circa 2014 and and that was Rizzo's walk-up song. I'm like, damn, dude, that's uh, a <laughs> bad blood. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, but anyway, that he's always had really interesting walk-up songs. But that one, I think, is cool because you know, new Trier guy. So, uh, shout out to Louis the Child. So anyway, um, uh, what am I saying right now? Yeah, MLB should should definitely play. But but first, we have uh, some great football action this weekend. Chiefs. I was so happy when I was at the Cardinals and White Sox game uh, on the south side <laughs> this past summer. It was the game before, if you'll recall, uh, the Gio Gallegos hat incident, right? And uh, I think my brother had a friend named Gio, um, tragically passed away or something. Um, and I, I don't know much about that, but Gio Gallegos had like something on his hat and... Um, the Cardinal manager, I think, did a great job at the time, Mike Schilt, sticking up for his guy, talking about, you know, how how are you going to come after this guy when all these other guys are doing it? And then they started checking hats, like, the next week. If you, like, all summer long, they were, every pitcher, Max Scherzer kind of was uh, humorous about the way that his, uh, you know, hat was checked uh, at Dodger Stadium a few times. Even when he was a national before he got traded, I think a few times he was upset about it. Um, and he doesn't cheat, you know? But it's like, that to me was like the focal point, I think, of the MLB investigation. I, they started really going after these pitchers because of the sticky stuff. And it kind of all started on the south side of Chicago. So, um, and, and, and by the way, Tony LaRusso, the White Sox, they did nothing to point this out. It was the umpire. So it wasn't on Tony. It wasn't on the White Sox. Maybe not the best umpire because he didn't go about it the right way. I mean, it was just, it didn't make any sense. How are you going to go after Gallegos? But, you know, so it, it was just a just a hot, steaming pile of shit, really. And uh, that's that. But, you know, that that was, uh, anyway, I was at that game. And, uh, or no, I was at the game before that, actually, the, the night before. And there was a lot of Cardinal fans in town. And I, I felt kind of comfortable around you know, being there's so many St. Louisans or Cardinal faithful from probably Southern Illinois, wherever they live. <laughs> and um, they did the national anthem. And, like, I'm the most patriotic guy in the world. I mean, uh, you know, don't get it twisted. I just, I mean, like, I sing, I, I stand for the anthem usually. Uh, and if you if you kneel, whatever, in solidarity, like, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, wasn't huge on the Colin Kaepernick thing, but, but who cares? I'm not even talking about this right now. The point is, back in the day at Arrowhead, everyone would do... And the home of the Chiefs. And maybe they still do this. I'm not sure. But 
I did that at the Cardinals and White Sox game because I just felt like there was a lot of Chiefs fans there. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought maybe there were because um, they're Cardinal fans. And I'm like, well, you know, I know not every Cardinal fan's a Chiefs fan. Many people in St. Louis, in fact, don't like the Chiefs. Many people in St. Louis still haven't picked a football team, you know, or maybe they always were Packer fans. There's a lot of Packer fans for some reason, or Cowboy fans, right? But, uh, and Giants fans, you know, there's whatever, Packers, Steelers, Cowboys, kind of the uh, big three. But anyway, people were laughing. People thought that was good. So I was, uh, that was like my time to shine. And uh, I feel like it was a coming out moment. And uh, not out of the closet because I'm not gay. Now there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I'm a very gay guy, but I'm not a gay guy. People know that, I think. Um, <laughs> like, but the point is, um, I just I felt compelled to say home of the Chiefs. And I did it very loudly. I was in the beer line at the time, or the beverage line. And I was in the beverage line, and I, I got so many laughs out of that. I think some people were recording and got me on the, the TikTok, which I guess in Chicago, uh, in certain circles, is frowned upon. I said, don't do TikTok. And I'm like, that's weird. Why Why would you tell somebody not to do TikTok? What are you concerned with? But anyway, so, uh, but I thought it was cool. Cool that I did that. Nothing against the White Sox. Nothing against America, obviously. But, uh, you know, good times. So the Chiefs today <laughs> going up against the uh, the Joe Burrows, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And I think we've got a great chance. I think the Chiefs are good for this one. And, like, I talked about it before and um, I was totally serious in kind of the way that I talked about it. It's like he's going through pledge ship right now, you know? Like he's got to get some, uh, he's got to get some experience. He's got to lose a little bit to really build his character, you know? To really see what he's got. And my feet are getting cold. That's weird. But um, uh, it's 73 degrees in here. Um, but no, man, look, Apple iTunes, you guys are going to hear all about it, but I, I, I think uh, it's like pledge ship, and, and I don't, I'm not a proponent of hazing or anything, whoops, anything like that, people know that, but I just think there's a time when a star will emerge, and there's a time when he's got to do some losing, he's got to uh, kind of come into his own, develop, and, and Joe Burrow's come into the league really fast and had a lot of good things. 10-7 and seven squad. You know, not the best targets in the world. They've got, they've got some good receivers. You know, I, I look at um, – who was I looking at the other day? Omachu uh, 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 or whatever his name is. I don't know. <laughs> they've got some interesting – what's the guy's name, uh, the receiver? Um because I thought that that was an interesting name, and uh, I just I, I think it's a cool name. What's his name? The receiver. It's gonna drive me nuts, dude. Uh, not Tyler Boyd, obviously not T. Higgins. I'm of course talking about U- Azuma. Yeah, I, and I said Omachu. That's that's not it. It's Azuma. C. J. Azuma. He's a really good tight end. I think he might be one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. In fact, when they run their trips package, like. Um, as they did the first time they played the Chiefs. I think that that's like Joe Burrow's bread and butter. I think that they um, they kind of caught uh, Tyron, Math- Tyron Matthew off guard a little bit. I think they were able to do some things with uh, the two shell coverage up top and kind of exploit that a little bit. But I just don't see them doing that a second time around. And I don't see them doing it at Arrowhead. And look, he struggled last week a little bit. Joe Burrow. I mean, not that he struggled bad enough to lose, but like, you know, the offensive line didn't protect him. He kind of forced a few balls. And so if he does that at Arrowhead today, like, I just don't see that uh, being too good for the Bengals. And like I said last week, I, I, it's going to be hard for anybody to come in and score 30 points in the playoffs against a team that's experienced uh, and well-seasoned this time of year. So, you know, I, I think it's awesome that, uh, that he's been able to do what he's been able to do in terms of, dude, look, he was just in the SEC championship, just in the national championship uh, for the 2019 season. It was technically in 2020, obviously in January, LSU winning it all, you know. Uh, And it's awesome, too, that he's an SEC quarterback coming into the league doing big things. But I just think he's got to work his way up, you know. And Patrick Mahomes is the best in the league right now. You know, say what you will about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I get it. 
and, and Stafford's had a great year. Obviously, uh, the Stafford to Cup connection, people know I think it's kind of like the far of the Donald Driver. I think that's a great way to put it. But, you know, there's no guarantee they're going to beat the 49ers, although I think they might actually win. I think they could actually beat the 49ers. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But it is tomorrow. Um, the point is, for today, the, the Chiefs, I just think Patrick's going to really lock in. I think last week was a statement game. I thought it all along. I thought that that was going to be the game where it's going to be, uh, where it's where it's going to be a statement game where he's going to solidify himself, and kind of a message that hey, the Chiefs, yeah, we still have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Kelsey's still doing big things, one of the greatest football games I've ever seen. But let's focus on what's actually been kind of the uh, theme for this year is like the defense, you know. And if there's one theme that uh, could come to its own and get the world's attention, uh, the defense, that theme uh, better be there today. So, uh, and I think it will. I, th- I think, uh, what is uh, Vegas predicting, by the way? I'm, I'm, I'd just like to see. I always like to see what Vegas uh, you know, says for these, uh, for these uh, games. Um, so, Chiefs are favored by 7.5. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's what I would say, too. 54-point over-under line. Um, you know, and I would actually take the under. I said that uh, last week, but I said I wouldn't be surprised if it went over. And, of course, it did because they went to overtime. But uh, it was, I mean, f- much of the game, it didn't look like it was going to go over. I mean, I think I was pretty right on that. And then and then the uh, today, so 54-and-a-half, I, I mean, I would definitely take the under. I think it's a great under. And I think, uh, and I'm not a gambling man, I don't... Uh, I'm not a proponent of the uh, gamblings, uh, things out there, the various apps they have now. But I'd have to say spread, spread, spread. I mean, these, <laughs> the Chiefs are – I think it's going to be a huge statement game, as last week kind of was. But this is the AFC Championship, and this is, uh, this is Joe, Joe B, Joey B's uh, pledge ship, you know? He is not going to uh, be an active member in the fraternity of GOATS. Not today, no. Maybe next year. Uh, like, was that Happy Gilmore? Better luck next year, uh, Gilmore. Gilmore, your name's somewhere. I mean, no, but I mean, it's not like that. We're not like Burrow. Burrow is your name somewhere. I mean, he's very good. You know, he's not Happy Gilmore. He's he's Joe Burrow. He's doing big things, and you know, he's won big games. He won the SEC championship, national championship, just two years ago. He's already in the AFC championship. And a 2021 season, I mean, obviously it's 22 now. But point is, yeah, I, I think he's due, just not yet. So I like Patrick Mahomes today. I like I like my Chiefs. Uh, I think we're going to do big things. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think the Chiefs will – let's just give a little scoring prediction. I'm going to say, because last time was kind of a fluke, I think – I don't think they were really up for it. They just won seven in a row. They go to Cincinnati. It's like, wow, Joe Burrow's actually uh, really good. And, um, you know, the defense just wasn't there like it had been in the previous weeks. And, you know, especially in that San Diego slash L.A. Charger game. Uh, what was that, the week before, two weeks before? So, yeah, I, I think uh, today will go smoothly, a little smoother than last week, especially towards the end. Um, I like the Chiefs today 34-2. to 21 so there's that uh, don't hold me to it i'm not gambling or anything but uh you know i don't think it's gonna be so close i don't think it's gonna be so close and neither does vegas i guess they don't think so either seven and a half that's kind of a lot for the playoffs i will say that uh preview tomorrow dude so the rams um yeah okay the rams three and a half point favorites actually kind of wild because yeah it's at SoFi it's in LA but they have not beaten the 49ers in like two years something crazy like that I could be wrong don't fact check me please but I think I heard that from Sal Palantonio Uncle Sal and I think that's correct I I think that's what he was saying it's been a couple years since the Rams have beaten the 49ers somehow or maybe they beat them once this year and lost the other time can we just see their full schedule so I'm not completely off on this Maybe I was listening to something else. Uh, I had it at like a three, and I was taking a nap. I mean, I had like the volume on my TV at a three, and I was taking a nap. So I don't think that I heard everything. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, let me check. 49ers. 
Yeah, it was a close game, right? It was like the last game of the year, January 9th, overtime loss, 27-24 Niners in that one. And then, yeah, they lost uh, in the week week 10 to the Niners, 31-10 in week 10. So, yes, the Rams have not beat the Niners this year. And if there's one thing I'll say, just going by um, kind of, I don't know, like because I, I made this point last week, so I should make it again. And I won't say it, it doesn't matter for the Chiefs. It's not a trend. Like, one game is not a trend. I look, I look at a trend as being kind of two or more. And the Rams had, in fact, beaten Tom Brady and the Bucks twice going into that game, twice before. The previous two meetings, the Rams had won. So I said, well, don't count out the Rams. Correct. Don't count out the Rams. They won. Um, and I think they're very happy about that. The defense especially. They wanted to beat Tom Brady so bad, Aaron Donald especially, since that Super Bowl when uh, New England came. Uh, where was that Super Bowl at? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they lost maybe their third year, fourth year in L.A. They lost to the, the Patriots, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the Rams' defense really showed up and, and they did a great job. I mean, the, obviously, uh, Tom found a way to come back fell short but you know um he might be back next year i think he might be he's just he's so talented and, and i don't think he's ego driven per se i just think he's so good and i just think uh it's like easy for him and i mean it's kind of like michael jordan right like he just makes it look super easy and i don't know that he's going to kind of walk away like maybe without another ring or without giving it another go knowing that he's you know well suited to play i mean he's still got Still got it. You know, that's, that's all I got to say about that. He still got it. So you know, that's it. Um, but, you know, that's that's next year. Uh, can't look too far ahead. The Rams, yeah, that was a big win. Can they can they get three wins in a row? And I, I mentioned the trend, how they had lost. Or, I mean, I mean, yeah, how the Bucks lost to the Rams twice already. And then, obviously, last week. Well, Okay, then if we're going by trends, like that would tell you that the 49ers have a pretty good chance of winning. And a lot of people, including myself, actually, is what I said after uh, last week. I was like, if they beat the Packers, I think it's going to be a rematch of the 2020 Super Bowl, right? Like 49ers Chiefs, bring it on. Great. Love to see it. I don't know, though. I don't know, though. And you, but usually when I second guess myself, by the way, Often I'm wrong, so maybe I shouldn't second guess. Maybe I should stick to that uh, rematch of 2020 Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe it will be. That said, I think the Rams were just in the Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, right? Right before the uh, Chiefs, I believe. Yeah. So the year before, Chiefs and, I mean, Rams and uh, Patriots, and then there was the 49ers and Chiefs. So, yeah, I mean, could we go against the trend? Maybe. This uh, championship weekend, because last weekend was all about trends, you know, uh, the Packers losing at home in the playoffs. They've done it uh, many, many times since 2007, I believe, when the Giants knocked them off of their huge home field advantage that was in the Brett Favre days. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, not so successful at home. And the 49ers were hot, is what I said. I said they were hot. They looked really good. And I said, same for the Rams. Hot looked very good against uh you know that monday night playoff game whatever it was against the cardinals and uh yeah i thought they wanted to make a statement against tom brady they wanted to say they're here to play they're you know um and they are so i don't know i mean but i i do kind of want to stand by that original prediction if the if the niners won that it could very well be a rematch of the 2020 super bowl which whatever was actually the 2019 season I don't know, though. Look, man, the Rams, uh, who knows? Who knows? Should I stand by it? Eh. I might like to see it. But uh, I'm actually, I'm thinking the Rams could surprise some people. I think Stafford, I think Stafford, I just think Stafford suffered so much in Detroit that he's kind of due. He's kind of an underrated quarterback, and he's kind of due. And for that... I think he's paid his dues. I think he's uh, he's ready to go to Disney World, or at least come close, because, yeah, obviously I like the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take the Rams. Take the Rams by five. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why. I just and and I hope they don't win. You know, left St. Louis. You know, screw them. But yeah, I don't know. Stafford's hungry. Defense looks really good. And, and look, I think it's very hard when you play in frigid temperatures, and then the week before you played in Dallas, and then now you're on the road again, kind of beaten up. You know, it's like playing in the SEC. You know, you go week to week, very tough competition, very physical going to be very difficult now to go up against the Rams, especially for Jimmy Garoppolo, um, who has beaten the Rams, yes, but at the same time, it's like the third week in a row. It's tough for anybody. So uh, he's a human. He might be on the Giants next year. Nobody knows. But uh, either that or it could be the Giants version of 2007 where they were road warriors and went all the way to the Super Bowl, which was my original prediction. Um but yeah, I don't know. Something tells me it could be a Rams, uh, Rams win. Yeah, I don't know. Go Chiefs today. That's all I know. And uh, I'll get into some other stuff uh, maybe this week. Been watching Euphoria a lot. A couple of movies, Tender Bar especially. And then I, I, I watch a movie. And uh, this will be next time. But next time on the podcast, it's called uh, Summer Catch. Cape Cod Baseball League. It's like. Um, there's like this guy and he's like a minor league pitcher or whatever and he's like falling for this girl who's like very wealthy and just kind of in Cape Cod for the summer and I'm like dude this is exactly the same concept as the tender bar um and uh you know we've all kind of been there maybe uh guys that uh fall for girls a little you know the Ivanka Trumps out there things like that yeah yeah all right well that's next time but for now let's enjoy some football this weekend championship weekend I gotta hydrate and I gotta actually get my car looked at and uh, call the police on my neighbor because I feel like I have rabies. All right, that's it for me. Oh, 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 oh,